0: mold breakers trailblazers and takers of roads less traveled and we're here to tell their stories here's your host Andrew Lawrence not all of us look the way the world expects us to look think as the world expects us to think or arrive at our destination the way the world expects us to on the square peg podcast we give a voice to mold breakers trailblazers and takers of roads less traveled. I'm your host Andrew Lawrence and here are their stories thank you to the searchlight needles for getting us started as always the Hashtag Needles aren't just a quartet of middle-aged, overweight, and balding El Pasoans. Robert Martinez, Josh Smith, Adrian Ortiz, and David Science are four really fantastic guys who hold down jobs, take care of families during the week, and then they rock out on the weekends. You can find them on the web at www.searchlightneedles.com. You can find them on Facebook, and you can download their album on all streaming services. And now a word from our sponsor. Lorenzo's Italian Restaurant has been a part of the Las Cruces community for over 25 years, supporting schools... Shelters and veterans, even during COVID times, Lorenzo's is offering patio tent dining, delivery, curbside pickup, chow now online, and mobile app ordering. Now, offering customers any signature or two topping pizza for only $15. There's only one Lorenzo's in town, and it's at 1753 East University in Pan Am Plaza. You can call 575 521 3505. And, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit of ad lib here. If you've never had uh, Lorenzo's meatball, you've never had a Lorenzo's meatball. By the way, dip their bread in some of the oil with a little bit of salt, a little bit of Parmesan. You will not be disappointed, I guarantee you. My guest today spent the first 10 years of his professional career speaking in 10 codes while moonlighting as a musician. All that changed not too long ago when he decided to hang up the Sam Brown and move to Nashville to write songs for other musicians. He was once known to the local Las Cruces community as L764, but the country music world knows him as Frank Ray. Frank Ray, welcome to the Square Peg podcast.
1: Hey, Andrew, thanks for having me, man.
0: And I understand you're working on just a few hours of sleep because, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do and play your music, right?
1: You know, man, As uh, in the music scene right now, it's been, it's been uh, you know, shows have been uh, sparse if you far in between, uh, so... Being able to pick up a gig last minute, as it may have been, uh, is, is definitely a blessing, and the band is, uh, is grateful for it.
0: Play when you can play, from whenever an audience can uh, make it out there. That's good. So, Frank, I was actually, um, it's weird because everybody I'm interviewing now, given what's going on in the world, um, tell me real quick just how, how the pandemic has affected uh, you and your life and your work. I would imagine because you're concentrating more on writing than you are on performing, it may not have affected you as much as other other people in your business
1: yeah that's absolutely right man uh and that's you know hit the nail on the head with that that's my perspective as of right now and it sucks in the sense that uh a lot of people aren't aren't having the same experience that, that i'm having i haven't it hasn't affected me uh uh in a negative sense obviously in the stand uh in the world of gigging and touring and stuff like that concerts have come to a screeching halt and um, so that's taken a, a toll uh, on my band, and you know as a leader of the band it's it's you know I feel partially responsible for not being able to put work on you know on these guys' schedule and um, so that's the biggest part but uh, for me personally I've been able to it's opened up this whole new world for me on the writing aspect and because I'm a paid songwriter now, that's kind of where I have a lot of my focus. Um, so it's kind of been a, a blessing and a curse, if you will. But uh, I, you know, it's, it's definitely allowed me to have the the downtime with my family that I hadn't had before. Because you know, for three years we were just kind of hitting the road, and um, you know, I tried to just my wife and I adjusted our schedules to that kind of lifestyle. And the fact that we're able to hang out with each other and spend weekends together has been has
0: been a blessing right and so just for our listeners i you know i, I introduced you as the, as i introduced you but what what exactly is your job title right now frank and who do you work for
1: uh yeah so the company i work for uh, on a managerial standpoint is white local productions it's with uh uh my yeah, my uh manager and, and one of my best friends oscar chavita uh he's from el paso texas guy's a, a trailblazer himself and uh, decided he wanted to get into music business and uh you know, invested a lot of time, uh, money, and effort into this project. And, you know, we've, we've taken it all the way to the top, man. It's been pretty awesome. Uh, but in regards to writing, uh, I write with uh, Spirit Music Nashville and Fluid Music Revolution. It's a joint venture uh, in which I'm a, a writer on their, on their staff. And it's, it's been an incredible experience, man. I'm writing so many great songs. Uh, I probably have a catalog of about 200 right now uh just from the beginning of the year uh 2020 i mean uh so it's been i've been writing every single day it seems like and it's 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 helped strengthen that you know that uh passion that i have for songwriting
0: i can imagine so um and i definitely want to get more into that because i'm really interested in how the whole thing works and i've been a country music fan i just turned 47 the other day i've been a country music fan probably since high school um you know late 80s early 90s and and uh, Nashville, as a as a business or as a brand, if you will, has always uh, kind of fascinated me, and I want to get into that a little bit later. But let's let's go back. I mean, what is your musical background? When did you start playing music? I remember see, watching you sing the national anthem at an Aggie basketball game some time ago, um, and I think that was the <laughs> yeah. that was the first time that I knew uh, that you had a musical background. But take me back to I, I'm assuming childhood when you started either singing, playing guitar. Uh, chat us up about that. Yeah, man,
1: absolutely. Uh, we're going to need more than 45 minutes. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, man, I I, I, I figured out early on uh, that I could hold a tune. Uh, I didn't realize to what extent, uh, but my mom did a really good job about nourishing that. She put me in the, you know, to do church performances and stuff like that as a kid. and uh, You know, I was in choir every opportunity that I got. If, if the school program had a choir program, I was, I was usually in it. Um, but I mean, I was singing. I listened to the radio. I grew up, you know, in. I spent a majority of my childhood in San Antonio, and Texas, uh, living with my mom, and my dad was still down in Columbus, New Mexico. So I was kind of balancing the two, uh, those two areas, uh, growing up. But it was for the better, if you ask me, because down in New Mexico, down in Columbus, you know, you're three miles north of the Mexican border, and so I was just. And of course, obviously, you know as well as I do, down in the Southwest where we're from. It's just enriched with the, you know, Mexican culture. And so I grew up listening to Rancheras and, and Mariachi. Yeah. And then when I go back to Texas and San Antonio, I was just immersed in this country music world. You got George Strait and Alan Jackson and Clint Black and, you know, Tracy Lawrence. And all, I grew up in the 90s, right? So that was a big hat act sort of scene. And, man, I just... Country gold. And I just... I knew early on that I was like, man, I want to sing country music. But, uh, man, as luck would have it, I wound up coming down to New Mexico full time, living with my dad, and uh, joined choir there at Deming High School, and did that all throughout uh, my high school years. And um, I decided I wanted to do music, but obviously, at that particular point in time in my life, it didn't really pay the bills, and I had no <laughs> real direction on how to get there. So, I uh, joined the, you know, uh, the detention facility down there at Luna County as a corrections officer, and uh, I did that for about 10 months, and I had a bunch of buddies coming in to the Sally Port saying, hey, man, you ought to be the one bringing them in. You know, we're, we're hiring, and this and that. And state police would always hit me up, or damning PD. Um, and then one day I was walking around in Cruces, so the girl I was dating at the time uh, had was going to school over there, and so I was just kind of, Helping her out with an assignment, and one of those was uh, sitting in on a district court uh, hearing. And so I was sitting there, and I uh, was really impressed with the, the officer at the time. It was named Rich Donaghy. Uh, he did a great job, man. He was always just a you know a model officer. And so I hit him up outside in the parking lot afterwards. I was like, hey, man, like I work at Co in Deming. Uh, you know, but I was really impressed by your you know testimony and stuff. Like, is is there any? You know, you guys are you guys hiring anything? I just kind of picking his brain a little bit. As a matter of fact, I'm on my way over to the college campus right now to do a job fair for LCPD. and so I followed him over there. Man, picked up a packet, and
0: uh, and the rest is history. Man, the
1: rest is history, bud. Like I blinked, and ten years passed. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's
0: funny. That's Rich Don. it's not a name I've heard. It's it's been a while since I've heard that name. I. It's funny. I had the thought. You talk about. I didn't know you had spent time or had grown up in Columbus, but uh, on the way in, uh, on the way into the state. To record this morning, I was listening to Zia Country and they played uh, that. Uh, oh, what "Lost and Found" by by Brooks and Dunn, and there's that song that you like, Lost and Found in a Border Town." And it's funny, I That's was just exactly listening to that. Right and that right. and you talk about you talk about being a Columbus in a border town, but um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that, man, I didn't realize uh, how much it impacted my life and my songwriting until I I started doing it seriously. But man, I, I just you know, Columbus, New Mexico will always be home to me. Um,
0: and how did you but, manage? you know? How did you manage that? How did you manage uh working uh as a police officer and playing your music and I guess at what point did you uh actually form your band and start Well I'll tell you a little story. I remember I knew you were a musician and I had heard of your band Border Avenue but I didn't know that that was your band. And I remember <laughs> a couple years ago when Keith Urban played at Pan Am here and they had the local contest there was going to be a local band that could open for them. And I remember Border Avenue 1, and I was working that show, and for some reason I wasn't in a play. Maybe I was outside directing Traffic before, you know, when the opening act was playing. And here I am just kind of walking the halls while while Keith Urban's playing, and I see you kind of walking around with your, you know, looking. I was like, why does Frank look like he just played a gig? And then some. <laughs> and then someone told me, he's like, oh, you didn't know that his band is Border Avenue. And I, the two had finally clicked, and I had no idea. You know, but you're, you're, and... you're working for LCPD at what point – do you actually form the band and start seriously, like booking gigs and having it become obviously at some point it becomes a conflict with with your full time job?
1: Yeah, I uh, and that's sort of you know to go back to my story. I, I kind of get into law enforcement and the music thing get it gets put in the back burner because you know as well as I do that the academy and, you know and the the job itself takes a lot of time and attention and and uh, and focus and so I forgot about music you know. It, it, not in the sense that like I didn't listen to music anymore. It was just, but like it wasn't a priority for me at that time, um, and so probably five or six years down the road, uh, where you kind of start getting the grasp on on how to do your job efficiently and effectively, and you know, uh, you know, and and trying to find a different outlet. I, I I got back into music, man. I picked up a guitar and and uh, I went back to just man. I think I'm gonna. I, I I love country music I think I'm going to Just really give this a go and, and start trying to Write some songs And they were terrible songs Mind you <laughs> uh, But It got to the point Where I had You know a, a pretty A pretty good understanding Of songs that I could play And so I You know Was doing like A whole solo thing By myself When I When I had some off time You know On my days off And I'd play A little uh, wineries And stuff Like Luna Rosa Winery And I'd do that For a little bit Um one-man band sort of thing but that uh, just didn't give me the same sort of rush that i was looking for so i reached out to my cousin chris uh who he and i played like in a punk rock, ba- like, uh, punk rock band together uh, prior to that <laughs> just killing time uh and so i was like and he played bass there so i was like dude do you want to pick up the bass again but play country music and he's like yeah, i'm down and uh and that was it, man. I reached out to a, a buddy that uh, went to the same high school I did in Deming, uh, who was living in Las Cruces at the time. His name was Jonathan Minus, and he was his big metalhead, uh, but he didn't have anything going on, so luckily he was willing to play country music, which he had never done in his life. And, uh, and then Sam Campos uh, was a buddy that uh, started playing drums, man, and it, we just kind of formed it from there. At that point, I developed enough seniority where I had at least a, I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, which was pretty good, man. Prime gigging times, and right? You could we bid started for the good doing days that, and I had no idea, man. I had no idea we were going to get the kind of notoriety that we did in our little town.
0: Well, it happened, and I mean, at some point now. Look, um, LCPD is a, a union shop, and and they've always been known as being one of the top you know top paid departments in the state, and uh, a, a good place to work. Obviously, well trained and, and um, well funded you 're making when you 're here you 're you 're making a very steady living um, probably unlimited access to overtime if you want it uh, with really good benefits uh, at the time you left you 're ten years into a twenty year uh, retirement plan um, <laughs> How difficult was that decision to take that leap and to? And at the time, you know, you you're you're just about to get married, or you just got married, had a baby on the way. I mean, there are a, lot I had of, a baby you, on the way. Lot of lot of things up in the air, and to take that leap from something that's really safe and really secure, at least on the financial end. I mean, the job has its dangers, but to make that leap and, and to to leave something that that's a, a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks to go to go be a musician where there really aren't a whole lot of guarantees. I mean, take me through that decision process
1: yeah it was difficult man uh which is it's funny because my wife actually was you know encouraging me to do it uh, but i thought she was out of her mind and i was listening to a lot of my friends with you know for that for a good reason were trying to talk me out of it they're you know for all the reasons that you just mentioned and i was like man i uh my wife told my wife i was just like you know we we depend on this paycheck i, I, just, I don't think it's a good idea we, you know we had our She was already here, but we had a brand-new baby, and I'm like, dude, this is just, it seems like it's all wrong. And she goes, listen, you're going to kick yourself, you know, you're going to kick yourself in the ass for the rest of your life if you don't take a chance on yourself. She said, everybody else in the world has got confidence in you, Frank, except for you. So she's like, as soon as you figure that out, that you're really good at what you do, that you belong on that stage, uh, the easier this decision will be for you. And my manager at the time, uh, Oscar, who's, like uh, he I said, he's a he's a trailblazer himself. Man, the guy's had several uh, uh, successful businesses, and he was just basically a self made man that didn't need to do this. And just to see his ambition to jump into the music industry and and and, and invest in me and have that kind of confidence in me and faith um, blindly, mind you, because we didn't even know each other that well at that point. He was just like, man, I think you got a you got a talent and I want to show it to the world. And he's like, I can't tell you to quit your job because I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. I I can't guarantee you X amount of dollars a year. He's like, but I can tell you that if you do quit, it opens up this whole canvas for me to be able to do what I do best, which is business. He's like, and it gives us a lot of availability and free time for you to actually really put yourself, immerse yourself in this 110%. Um, and so with those two factors in mind, the support of my family and, and you know, the support of my manager, and, you know, the faith that everybody had in me, I was just like, man, if everyone believes in me that much, it finally clicked. I was like, I guess, I guess I've got something good going on here. I should give it a shot. And man, I did, man. Well, it was the stupidest, smartest thing I've ever done.
0: Well, and, and it, <laughs> it, you know, it turned out uh, to be obviously the, the right decision. Um, now, the question is, do, do you still have your parasit in sitting there in case things go wrong or did you uh did you take another gamble on pull that too
1: oh yeah no man my yeah my wife and i took that out but it's in savings so it's there There we go you, um, and you know if we need it <laughs> but good, we granted, luckily have not and that's good gr-
0: granted you and the wife are grown-up people and you know i know your father-in-law quite well i worked for him for some time and um you got to imagine. I mean, do, did you? Do you have? Does the does the decision making process? You, I personally would wonder if I if I was taking on uh, the responsibility of of you know raising a kid with somebody, and I might I might think, what does my father in law think about me leaving a, a really secure job? But you know, I know those things those things all work out, and I'm sure I'm sure you figured out uh, a way to get Walt in your corner. If you haven't figured it out, you you brought him bear claws before, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. The very first time we met, actually, I took uh, coffee and donuts.
0: <laughs> they, he was always known yeah. as Sergeant Bearclaw when I worked for him. Yeah, but, um, well, it, look,
1: it looks like that. I know Sergeant work. Bearclaw because he's got a grip of death. Is what it
0: is. Well, <laughs> there are some stories we won't tell on the air, but, um, he's a, he's a good and honorable man, we'll say that. But no, you, you yes, take sir. that leap and, and, uh, to tell you the truth, going the songwriting route as your full-time thing probably is much more secure than had it been the other way around. If you decided you're just going to do the music thing, I would imagine.
1: Uh, yeah, that actually it helps supplement. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a good supplemental income, which is cool. My bread and butter, for the most part, has been uh, uh, touring and stuff. But um,
0: so, are you saying now that that songwriting isn't your your main thing?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood what you're saying. No, I'm you're, saying this. I thought you were talking about law enforcement.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. So you you leave. Obviously, you leave law enforcement. You move to Nashville. Um, it sounds to me like if you're going to make that leap, then taking the job as the songwriter probably is a more uh, guarantees you a more steady income than having to rely on album sales. Oh, and, 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 and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Sorry, i was making the comparison between that and law enforcement for whatever reason, uh, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, if you had asked me when I quit that people were going to pay me to write songs, I. I would have laughed at you, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it it helps so much because I know so many buddies that move over here and they grind it out on Broadway and, you know, and they don't, they're, everyone's looking for a publishing deal, which is what I was fortunate enough to land. Uh, but you know, you go to a town that's got such a wealth of talent. Uh, it's tough to kind of talking about the leap of faith was that's sort of what, uh, we were working towards is just, you know, I, I quit at the time. I didn't have the publishing deal. Um, so I was gigging, and that was like the – that was my bread and butter, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until three years down the road – mind you, it was three years down the road uh, that I got offered a publishing deal. But, man, it, it took so much time, so much effort. Um, and if you'd ask anybody in Nashville for as much as – for as much time as I'm saying it took, people would be like, man, you guys are moving at lightning speed for Nashville standards. Or for the music industry in general uh, so three years is uh, was actually it 's very very fast for us to have accomplished what we did
0: is that how long it 's been since you left
1: it has been man i, I hung it up in two thousand and seventeen
0: i can't yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day because I remember the you know the department made a video and uh, chief Montoya, who unfortunately passed uh, not long after that not long, right after he retired and I was trying to yeah. think how long would that have been and and honestly at this point in my life the 10 years 15 years everything seems to kind of melt together i i couldn't remember how long it had been but um you know without getting too obviously too much up into your personal you know financial business i am curious about um you are you writing songs on spec i mean if you write a song that goes double platinum are you getting compensated the same as one who gets ends up getting buried at you know number seven eight nine on an lp or how does that work
1: yeah, man. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a it's just like any other job, you know what I mean? They pay you um uh they pay you a salary and uh you you know, with the contractual obligation that you're writing X amount of songs a, a month, um, which is easy to do, man, with a with a talented group of people that I'm surrounded with, but um you know, if there there is a, a pay scale, if one of your songs gets cut by a major artist and that song does really well on the charts or streaming or whatever, I mean, there's different different streams of revenue when it comes to the music industry, and so that's kind of cool too because we're, you know, we really educated ourselves on that front, and like I said, Oscar being the, the manager that he is and the businessman that he is has been able to capitalize on a lot of those things, and so it's been. It's been really cool for us, man. It's been a really good experience, and uh, uh, I'm not hurting for money. <laughs>
0: it's a good thing. That's, <laughs> no, good. that's good to hear. And and as somebody who doesn't, you know, I I've always been very much into music in the sense that I love listening to it. I, when, as a kid in elementary school, I always had more cassette tapes than anybody else that I knew, and um, my musical tastes have always been, you know, described as being very eclectic. I literally like everything, and I like everything a lot, but I don't have a creative bone in my body, and um, <laughs> and I just are. Now, are you writing just the lyrics? Are you writing the lyrics and the music? How does that all work?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's lyric and music. You know, get into a room with a, a couple of songwriters. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't write a whole lot of 100% songs myself anymore these days just because it's so much more uh, efficient and you get a better, you craft a better song when you're able to bounce ideas off other people, right. uh, that are in the same world that you live in. So, we'll grab a couple of guitars, we'll get in a room, two, three guys, or ladies, or whatever, and we'll, uh, we'll start, you know, hacking out a song, and it really just starts off just general conversation, and it's one of the greatest jobs, it's the greatest job in the world, if you ask me. I, uh, maybe because I love to do it so much, but, to be able to, you know, start your day off around eleven or so, and you walk into a room and you know, you're saying hi, you're just basically hanging out with your friends and, everything, and just kicking around song ideas. Say, so, hey, yeah, I had this idea. This is, how I think, I, you know, the approach would be to get to the hook, and they're like, "No, well, that sounds cool, but I got this idea that I'm really excited about." And you know, and just whatever best song wins, whatever. We're just like, "Oh, dude, that's great. Let's let's chase that down and we'll start writing that song." And um, you know, every now and then, there's a uh producer in the room of some sort someone who builds tracks and beats and stuff like that and mm-hmm. if we're writing with someone that that does that they usually have some stuff queued up and say hey I got this track I don't if you guys have any ideas that you know it might sound like uh and so we can write to a track to really just kind of depends who you're with and you know what you're feeling that day
0: yeah do you have a particular style um, are you more? Are you influenced more by Western, having been from out here? Is it more of an old school Western, or even a Texas country thing? Are you influenced? I mean, do you have pop influences? I mean, if you had a particular style that you had to describe of what you bring to the table, what would you call it?
1: Man, it's interesting that you say that because I, I I don't necessarily have one certain lane that I stay in. Um, I'm pretty versatile. I think I always have been. Um, even just playing the show last night here in Alabama, we. Uh, we do it all man and, and, and you know whether or not it's cover bandish or, or whatever it's just we play songs that we like to play um, so that'll vary everywhere from like Bruno Mars to Modern Country to David Allen Coe and more traditional stuff like Waylon and, and Merle you know like we'll play all that stuff man we, you know it, not just because it, it, it does well to get a crowd reaction but because we genuinely lo- love playing that all, all styles of music I, I would describe myself as pretty eclectic too so that doesn't change when I get into a songwriters room like uh, that doesn't change at all it's whatever I'm kind of feeling that day I've written everything like I said I've got well over 200 songs at this point uh, maybe even more uh, and you can pick whatever whatever your style is you say man I want I'm looking for something that's real western and and you know, traditional. I, I got that. You know, if you're looking for something a little more mainstream country radio now. I got that. You know, if you're looking for something with some Spanish Latin flavor, we got that, man. It's just uh, I, I try to keep do I try to do my best to keep myself as well rounded as possible. Well, are you? Cause you never know what song's
0: going to hit. And are you influenced at all by what, or are or, or the people who are paying you or or buying your music? Um, are ever guided by what the market is doing i mean we could we could talk for hours and hours and hours about the you know the whole thing now of, about pop country versus old school and you know the, all the memes about you know with a picture of Wheel, willie and Whalen and and Chris Christopherson and saying if you know who if you don 't know who these guys are, but you know who i won't i 'm not going to drop any names but the, you know modern country <laughs> star then blah 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 um, you know there's there 's definitely more of a market for one than the other do you find that people are are Maybe not in so many words, but uh, kind of hinting at that they're what types of things they're looking for based on a business model, or about or what's selling.
1: Yeah, man, I, I think that at the end of the day, the music industry, be it as creative as it is, uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a business like anything else, and and you know they want to make money just like the next just like the next business, um, and so the market really dictates how that. You know what kind of music you're listening to, and then you have the guys that come out like John Party, who's who's done a great job putting out some more traditional sounding stuff, or Luke Combs, or those guys. You know, like uh, Chris Stapleton; Uh, those guys have really just kind of, you know, they're they're grounded in who they are and the kind of music they like, and so and they they put that out there on mainstream country radio, and it works. You know, so it's not that 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 portion of country music is dead. It's just it's evolving like any other. Kind of music. It's right. just constantly What's pushing funny. the envelope and what it can do. And so uh, I think as a songwriter, you have to, yeah, you naturally have to adapt to what the market is doing if you want to continue to have a relevance in
0: this industry. That and makes that, sense. And that's something that is fairly particular to country music. I know that you, you mentioned Chris Stapleton, and I'm glad you did because I wanted to bring him up. You know, there are some, some, you know, artists that are fairly well-known. Uh, Phil Vassar comes to mind. I know he moved to Nashville initially as a writer. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Stapleton did the same thing. And what's so funny is, and I, I try to stay fairly neutral. Um, you know, I'm. what's funny is I've been a country music fan probably since I was about 15 or 16, you know, the late 80s. And um, yeah. I grew up 10 miles outside of Washington, D.C., And you know, 98.7 WMZQ country. Um, but there's nothing country about me. Uh, you know, I've never lived in the country. I've never lived in the South. I, I lived in Silver City for nine months and I wanted to kill myself. Um, so, no, Silver City's great, but I just, the small town thing just isn't for me. Uh, I've never yeah. owned a pickup truck. I don't watch NASCAR, but uh, I love my country music. And, and, and uh, you know, you and I, you were talking about, you know, growing up in the 90s. I listened to a lot of country in the 90s and there seemed to be a really good mix. But then, you know, things got, you know, very mainstream. Bringing me back to to what I wanted to say about Chris Stapleton was, I remember when the song, the single Tennessee Whiskey, first came out, and was real popular, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking to myself, you know what, this is a ex- Chris Stapleton and this song are exactly what country music needs right now, uh, in the midst mm-hmm. of all this. And I watched him play an awards show with Justin Timberlake, and the funny, I don't know if it's a paradox or juxtaposition. I don't know what what word I should be using here, but. The thought that I had right after thinking Chris Stapleton is exactly what country music needs is I'm listening to him sing and I'm thinking to myself, this guy's got as much soul in his voice as anybody who's ever recorded on Motown. And that may be a bit of an overstatement, but I, it, I, th- I found it as an interesting you know kind of dichotomy there where I'm saying this is everything that country, he's everything that country needs, yet at the same time he brings something to the table that's not, almost, not really ever associated with country music, but it, it all came together as one.
1: Yeah, man, I think that there's a there's a moment or an artist in, in every decade or any generation, if you will, uh, that comes along that kind of changes the scene a little bit. And it's, and it's because of the sort of this perfect storm that's been built up, you know what I mean? Uh, and Chris Stapleton was part of that. Like, people were really kind of getting tired of the whole pop country scene, and he was a breath of fresh air, you know? Um what? so he really just he just hit it at the right time it was absolutely perfect man but then you see him doing um, you know collaborations with Justin Timberlake and stuff and that really kind of put him over the top and, and people were just that dude they were just completely sold on what Chris was able to do and so that gave Chris a lot of freedom to be able to be uh, the kind of artist that he wanted to be and uh, you know it just it doesn't work like that for a whole lot of the guys where they're just trying to you know they're trying to stay relevant in the scene, and so they're cutting songs and that. And it may sound like the last one that you heard on radio, but you know they they didn't really hit it at quite the right time like like Chris did. And so you see this wave of artists kind of come and go. And for me, I, I'm crafting some stuff up where I can, you know, put some new music out there and give people a snapshot of who I am as an artist, from the Latin flavor to the four on the floor kind of rock and country stuff to the the pop soul kind of ballad that i'm able to do well it's, so that i can hopefully have the same kind of impact that chris did it's just there's a time right now especially in country music where um you know there there's there's definitely a, a lack of uh uh diversity in the sense of a uh, hispanic artist and uh, well this you is you know i see him all the time and so i'm just hoping to kind of break the door down and and do my thing well it's you funny. Know, we can make sort of the. Splash, the
0: same kind of splash, sorry. It, it, it's funny, the, you know, the, the actually, Zia Country's been playing the crap out of uh, Tequila Mockingbird lately, and I was watching the video last night, and um, it, the, my first thought came to mind is, you know, when I think of, of country artists doing the whole sun and the sand and the beach and all that stuff, I think of Kenny Chesney, and, and so you, where did you film that video?
1: Uh, Key West, Florida.
0: Okay, so you you're hitting kind of one end of things there, and then... The other video i 've seen most is uh, every time you run and i 'm really curious as to where I obviously you can see the Oregon mountains in the background i'm guessing you filmed that somewhere out in the West mesa by the fairgrounds actually
1: that's uh down in Columbus New Mexico so those, really? those are the Floridas yeah those are the Floridas. Yeah. well
0: they were kind of far away i'll have to I'm kind of embarrassed having lived in Las cruces for twenty years to, thought, to mistake anything to mistake anything for the Oregon mountains is kind of sacrilege but um, You seem like you've hit kind of both ends of the country thing with just got those two songs. But I wanted to talk to you about something that I've really started to get into, and I only have been able to get into it because of the way we consume and learn about music now. It's not just about turning on the radio or watching country music television. You've got Apple Music. You've got Spotify. You've got Pandora. And if you're using the same email address for all of those subscriptions as you use for your social media, you're going to see things come across your timeline. And yeah. I have discovered so many artists, and not just country. I mean, I listen to a lot of blues too, uh, which is something mm-hmm. that's not real commercial. But I have discovered some artists um, through Pandora that I never would have discovered before. Actually, through Facebook, I discovered there's an artist. and I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is John Moreland. You can't seem familiar now. He's he's this big, huge. I'm guessing like maybe 500 pound. A huge guy had been a punk rock, had been in punk rock bands and and, and hardcore bands. And decided. I think he's kind of uh, described as Americana slash alt country or whatever. But I cr- he, he came across a video of him. Came across my timeline of on Facebook one day. So I created this Pandora station, and from that Pandora station, I'm learning about bands like Turnpike, Troubadours, and Whiskey Myers, and Cody Jinks, and B J. Barham, and these guys that you know. I know some of them. I know Cody Jinks gets played on the radio, but um, mm-hmm. talk to me about wh- what is this whole. explain for the listeners, what is Texas Country, how did it come about, and where does it fit uh, with the whole Nashville thing?
1: Man, I think Texas Country has been around for a very long time, and that has to I I couldn't tell you, I'm not a historian by any means, but I know that Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and all those guys, really, and Christofferson, they all did uh, they played a huge role in making that scene happen. You know, they had little places in Texas that they liked to do that uh, they like to play, and uh, excuse me, and I think uh, Willie Nelson is one of the, uh, you know, prime uh, artists that you can look at to put that into perspective. Like he went to Nashville and and you know and you know he was doing, you know, really love song ballady stuff that uh, you know he had a wearing a suit and he had short hair and clean shaven, then he's singing almost gospel-esque you know what i mean right and then he uh you know but he didn't he wasn't he just didn't want to live lead that kind of lifestyle and i think everybody associates willie with a little bit of weed now you know a little bit and he was just wanting yeah he was wanting to kind of uh, experiment and find out things that he wanted to do and so he'd go down to texas and was able to you know find his a stride there and you know bada bing bada boom you know the scene is born a lot of these outlaw guys were able to go over there and kind of let loose and and just play their own thing and texas was really receptive to that so i think that's sort of where that scene started uh where down the line it turned into a whole f texas or f nashville thing i have no idea how that happened or why it happened uh you know it's 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 kind of disappointing you know in the sense that uh music should be universal there shouldn't be this sort of uh, divide right but it, you know it, it exists and we got to acknowledge it and you know red dirt country or red dirt uh, you know country music or americana you know that has a big scene and, and a very loyal following and you know that's just the kind of music they like man and shoot if that's what they, you know if that's what they uh, want to listen to and and they have they're giving artists a platform to do it man and be successful and tell their stories and write their songs man i'm all for it dude. Let's, is there you know, a is there a whatever place? Works, yeah, whatever makes you happy.
0: Now, is there is there a kind of a center, if you will, like Nashville is to country music in general, um, and probably more to mainstream country? Does Texas country have? Is it like? Is it Austin? Is that where a lot of these guys live and or doing their recording and where the business end of things is done? Or or how, do you know anything about that?
1: Believe it or not, man, Nashville is still the place where everything happens. So and I think it's important for people to understand that because they, you know, there are some recording studios and things that you can find about the U S uh, especially Texas. They don't have a shortage of, of, uh, uh studios, but I promise me this, I, I promise you this, when these guys need to conduct business, even if it's about Texas country music, they are going to Nashville to do it. Um, I see them all the time. And so, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know where the the divide happened because the the two still need to coexist. You know, and they they, they still do to this day. is a place where you make things happen. And uh, anybody looking for, you know, trying to get to that next level uh, is going to Nashville to conduct business. Um,
0: well, I so think. I,
1: I, yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I I I have a feeling that the the rivalry, if you will, uh, has more to do with it and exists more on the user end, uh, on the listeners. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the musicians are all musicians, and more importantly, they're all. You guys are all laughing all the way to the bank.
1: The, you know, at the a, end of the day, it's, right? It's, a, it's an interesting way to put that. Yeah, you know, I, some guys are laughing a, a lot more than others. I'll tell you that much. But.
0: Right. Now, <laughs> but, do you, spending uh, but your time. No, it,
1: you're absolutely right, man. It's, it's definitely on the user end. People uh, have their things that they like, and unfortunately, you know, with social media being the incredibly powerful tool that it is, you know, everyone can publicly voice their opinions and, and maybe that's sort of where that, that, that breeding place where, because if they knew, if they knew what was going on behind the scenes between Texas and the Nashville scene, uh, I'm telling you, the two coexist hand in hand, there are people in Nashville that have their finger on the pulse in Texas because there's some great music coming out of Texas and vice versa those people in texas have got their finger on the pulse of what's going on mainstream and right how to get their texas artist to the next level and get them a record deal kind of what cody johnson did you know That guy granted out for 10 12 years or whatever to often playing shows for free in the texas scene and you know but he he got he got real big and when you're doing that kind of thing when you're when you're that big you know he he wanted to venture out and and get on a major record label, and that was uh, Warner Brothers, and, you know, that doesn't make him any less of Cody Johnson than it was before he had the record deal, but people were quick to kind of cast stones, you know, well, because it, he was trying to elevate his career.
0: Well, I just saw something, as a matter of fact, yesterday, I think it was on your Instagram page, some some large music festival you're playing uh, coming up, I think, in June, and I saw both you and Cody Jinks on the same you know on the same so and and there were all these different artists that that kind of kind of fit all hit all the different ends of of the country music spectrum a couple things before we let you go frank um I know you're you to us here in Las Cruces, you really are a big shot you've made it um you you, you probably when you see people around i would I've never been to Nashville, though, believe it or not um I've never been to the Opry. Uh, kind of a bucket list thing for me um I would imagine you're you're probably going to the grocery store or doing things about town in Nashville, and you see artists that you idolized growing up. Is is that weird to you? No, man, honestly,
1: they're all really great, cool people, too, the people that I've met. Um, And, yeah, you see them out and about, but I think I have a different perspective just because I'm an artist myself, and uh, certainly not at the heights that some of these major artists are at. But, I understand that if there's someone that recognizes you and they just want to say they appreciate your music or they snap a picture or something like that, that's just part of the life you sign up for, man. And I think they have that same understanding. So, uh, the people, the artists that I have run into out here have been super cool, super humble. Um, it's they're just people like everybody else, you know. They put their pants on right. one leg at a time, most of them. And uh, uh, you know, as long as you treat, you know, they they, they got to eat. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Right. So they're out and about, and it it, it it doesn't. I'm not as starstruck as I used to be, if that makes any sense, because it kind of became a, a sort of this normalcy. Right, no, uh, I get it. I get in everyday it. Everyday life, but but you know, we also think we're, we're making a little bit of a splash ourselves. That you know, we're doing some good stuff. The music industry is a very tight knit community. Um, when you think about it, as big as Nashville is, man, the circle of, of people within networks that of oh, the powers to be and songwriters and stuff is actually very small. Yeah. And so you run into a lot of buddies and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, I had my my wife and I took our daughter tubing out in Opryland the other day, and a guy named Josh came up to me uh, and he goes, "Man, I really love your music." And I took my mask off momentarily so that I could he could see like, "Hey, man, you're probably mistaken. Like, I, <laughs> i you know, I don't know who you think you're talking." Uh, or who, who you think I am, but uh, I promise you don't know me. He's like, no, no man, you're Frank Ray. Like, he's like, I thought you looked familiar. And I saw your wife's jacket uh, and it had a Frank Ray logo on it. And she's like, that's that's Frank. And so I thought I'd come say hi. And I was like, well, where are you from? Man? Are you from uh, Southwest? He's like, no, we're, we're from Tennessee. We're from here, Nashville. And I was like, well, <laughs> that was pretty cool, man. And so uh, good it was just feeling, a cool huh? moment to see that the work that we're putting in um, um, is, is, is going to pay off, man. I, yeah. I, we are working on some really cool things right now that I'm not at liberty to discuss too openly, but I can tell you right now, man, it's gonna be a hell of a year.
0: Well, we'll keep our eyes and our ears out for them. You know, I I, I hope that and it looks to me, I do follow you on social media, and it looks to me like everybody's uh settling in. I hadn't thought about this in a while but and, and you probably didn't know this, but um many years ago when she was a young a young teenager, your your wife house sat for us. And um uh, no, watched, really? watched our animals. Well, it started off with Clint. Um clint did it a couple times and he kind of passed the torch to her i think she only did it once or twice but uh she took good care of our house and good care of our animals and um i don't sure i'm not telling you anything that you don't already know you've you've married into a very solid solid clan of of, of folks there so uh
1: absolutely man absolutely they're uh you know for everybody you know the, my mother-in-law my father-in-law my brothers in law you know they're just all just good-hearted people man and they've you know, as, as, I don't know, we talked about it earlier on in the show, but, you know, um, I don't know that they needed as much convincing, you know, uh, about my quitting law enforcement to do music because, because they support me, you know what I mean? And that's, uh, that's been, it's been really easy to make the jump with all of those people in your corner. That's and a good so,
0: feeling to have. That's you know,
1: I'm just, I'm just fortunate at this point that I can, I can look Walt in the eye and say, hey, I'm still providing for your daughter, and I'm playing music <laughs> for a living. So hey, Frank, be doing something right.
0: We've we got to wrap it up here, but um, go ahead and just tell us all the, all the different ways that, that people can follow you and can find your music and all your different uh, social media platforms, if you don't mind.
1: No, absolutely, man. Anyone can, can find me at uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Frank Ray Music. Uh, we have our website, FrankRayMusic.com, which uh, we try to keep updated with uh, show dates and, and news and videos and stuff. Uh, YouTube, if you want to go uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have vlogs from the very beginning of this, uh, of this adventure, three years ago, from the day I quit law enforcement to <clears throat> what we're doing uh, these days. Uh, so if people want to follow along with the journey, man, it, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to binge. Go watch all the vlogs. But, yeah, everyone can find me at Frank Ray Music and stream on all uh, all music streaming platforms. All the music's available, and we got some new music in the works, that we're going to be releasing here pretty soon.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today has been a ever-rising star in the world of country music, Frank Ray. Frank, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Andre. I appreciate the time, man.
0: Have you experienced pain in your lower extremities, even your hips or lower back after standing or walking? Your feet may not fit in your shoes or on the ground properly. Soulman foot insoles with 30 years experience making people's feet feel more comfortable can help. Henry Soulman Veloz is the official insole provider for UTEP athletics and has made custom insoles for my athletic, casual, dress shoes, and work boots for 15 years now. You can find him on Facebook at Soulman Custom Foot Insoles or you can call him at 915 241 2153. That is S O L E M A N Custom Foot Insole. On Facebook and call it 915 241 2153. Proudly produced by lascrucestoday.com and Bravo Mike Communications.